You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall podcast, broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. The building is over 336,000 square feet and is full of 650 classics for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Check out all the inventory on the website, classicautomall.com. If you have any questions for our host or guest, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com during the live broadcast times of 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern on Saturdays. Now, on to the show with our host, the president of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. Good morning, Steve, and good morning, listeners. And it's another not-really-sunshiny day in Morgantown, PA. But you know what? Cloudy and rainy is what you get when it's in the middle of December. We we were just talking last week about uh, how busy we're getting here and how many cars we have in the building, it's just unbelievable. I mean, we're we're over 700 consignments in the building now, and you know there are an amazing amount of opportunities of cars that are available for purchase, available um, to uh, just peruse. You know, we've got our barn finds that are uh, amazing, and uh, we were just rearranging our truck room, which is right here next to us, and uh, it's amazing just how many cars you can fit in one building. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Fill it up. But what I tell people is is that as many cars as we have, if you see something that you like and it's something that catches your eye, let us know. Put a deposit down on it. We have a great program. You put a $500 refundable deposit uh, on a car, and we'll hold it for you for a few days for you to come take a look at it, have it inspected, uh, raise your, you know, uh, raise any money you need to raise, beg whoever you need to beg to uh, uh, to get some money together to uh, purchase one of these cars. But don't miss it because so often we hear people say, "Oh, I I was really interested in so and so car," and and it's it's you know we've already got a deposit on it, so it's one of those things that uh, if you see something you like then then just step up you know we'll always refund your deposit if it if the inspection doesn't turn out right or something that you don't like about it but uh, uh, the other thing that we've been really really pushing here at classic auto mall is our um, social media stuff and our Facebook page is just doing amazingly well um, we're at uh, 14,600 and change in in likes and uh, we're, we're on for the push for 15,000 so it's impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that's kind of grown on its own. We have, uh, you know, we, we put stuff on there, and we kind of know what we're doing when we do that. But, uh, you know, it's like anything. Facebook's algorithms seem to change on an hourly basis. <laughs> so true. Just when we think we have it figured out, we don't. So um, I don't know if you saw, Steve, uh, the commercial that Chevrolet ran last week, I the did. Impala Barn Find. How and about a, that? One of our listeners and one of our clients had just emailed me this morning and said, what an amazing thing. And I I, uh, I saw it last week, just caught the tail end of it, and then I saw it again uh, online on YouTube or something. But it's called um, Holiday Ride is the name of the commercial. And it's a Chevrolet commercial commercial about a 66 Impala that's in a barn. Dad owned it, uh, and then the kids restore it for him. And it's really, it's like one of those gut-wrencher, heartwarming, yeah, amazing. Had, is, is he got married in it or something? Yeah, they got married in the way it. Or, she yeah. passed away. Yeah, and she passed away. And, you know, it was probably one of those things that he always wanted to do. But we'll talk about that more. I've got to watch it again so I can kind of remember it because it just, he reminded me this morning about it. And I'd forgotten all about it. I wasn't even... 
you know, it's it's funny how we're hit with so much, so many different visuals and audio things, and and it's easy to forget what you saw yesterday or even an it's hour true. ago, you know, and and that's why you know marketing and what we do and 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 putting the vehicles out there to people is so important because people forget you know they'll say oh man i know that i saw a 67 camaro that i really wanted to buy but i can't remember where it was Mm -hmm. where did i see it did i see it online did i see it was i on my computer was i on my phone was on facebook instagram tiktok all these different things that we use so um you know it's it's amazing so if you don't really commit it to memory or commit it to you know your heart or your gut then you're not going to remember where you saw it so I, i have to make notes for myself on my phone where i'll say i saw this here and don't forget to go check it out or read it or or you know call somebody about it or go to this website or whatever mm-hmm. so uh, if you see something you like on our site call us right away give us a refundable credit card deposit we'll hold the car for you it's simple and then you know you can have it inspected you can have it you can come out and look at it yourself uh you can you know give you a few days to raise some money or whatever you need to do so um i know that we did uh, four on the floor last week and we realized that we had a winner from last Is that week. right? Yeah, from the week before last. Actually, not last week's, uh, but the week before, which was the uh, Speed Racer 79 Corvette. And uh, and last week's, we did not get a winner. We got a lot of good uh, responses. Good but guesses, yeah. Good guesses. Uh, but, uh, and the, and the uh, four clues were 7.5 liters, share something with the Cannes Film Festival. It would be 15 years before this model sold as many as it did the year of this car. Port and starboard for later models. So... Those are the four clues on last week's uh, Four on the Floor, which we'll rerun that one again sometime because, obviously, somebody didn't get it. So uh, that'll give them a chance. So we'll, right. we'll, we'll we'll throw that into the mix sometime in January All right, we won't reveal it now? No, we'll, no. We'll, we'll hold off on it. So this week's Four on the Floor, and just so you understand, we give you four clues, and it's about a specific car uh, in our inventory. You'll need the stock number, the year, the make, and the model. And we will, uh, and you'll, and you'll email us at podcast at classicautomall.com and what, give us your answer. Stock number, year, make, and model. So the four clues on our four on the floor this week is number one, little sister to a big cat. Okay. Uh, number two, a smart, capital smart, capital S, family chose the upgrade. Uh, number three, high in the mountains. And number four, not to be confused with a waffle iron. So the four on the four clues, little sister to a big cat, a smart family chose the upgrade, high in the mountains, not to be confused with a waffle iron. Those are pretty, those are pretty good, i got to say. <laughs> I hope you remember since you were creating I these, did, right? It took me a minute. It took me a minute. I didn't get it until the third clue. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes that happens. You know, so we were talking about uh, our Facebook stuff. Sorry if I'm ruff, ruff, ruffling, rushing papers around mm-hmm. here. Um, so we talked about our social media and our Facebook, but our, our email blasts are going really, really well as well, too. We do once a month. We send an email blast to everybody that signs up here when they come into Classic Auto Mall. And, of course, the only admission fee we charge you to come into Classic Auto Mall is, to, is uh, your email address, your name, phone number, and email address, and whether you have a car for sale or not. So that's your only admission cost to come in and view all almost a thousand vehicles, seven hundred for sale and three hundred barn finds. Seems like a fair price. Fair enough price. So sometimes, for whatever reason, we get people who will send in an email um, 
uh, send us, give us their email address, and for whatever reason, reason they'll unsubscribe to us. So mm-hmm. normally it's, oh, I get too many emails from you, which is only one a month we send, so that's not entirely true. But we got a really good one the other day. Okay. So this guy, and not that I'm happy that somebody unsubscribes to our email blast, but uh, <laughs> this guy had a good one. He said, way too much email these days, generically, right? unsubscribing even from good stuff like you. Mm. So okay. here's a guy who probably just gets so many emails. You know, every store you go into, they ask for your email address. Everywhere you go, they ask for your email address. But but, but what we do is we give you the merchandise for free, meaning that you, know, you can come in and look at all these cars, and all you have to give is your email address, and we'll only send you one email a month. So unless there's something really spectacular happening. But I think the thing is with emails is that it gets sold to three – to third parties. And sure. So you might sign up for Best Buy and right. you start getting stuff from it. We don't do that here. Right. But that's how your inbox becomes a mess. Yeah. And and the thing about it is, if you're like me, I get emails from companies that, that some days I'm interested and some days I'm not. So I don't want to stop getting them. But maybe for a week or two or three weeks, there's nothing that I'm really interested in. And then all of a sudden, there's a reason that I need Best Buy or Microstel or you know whoever else that, that uh, that I've subscribed to their emails, but uh, but I enjoy getting emails from companies because it's interesting to see what's going on. It's interesting to see what's happening in the world. Sometimes we get caught in our own little worlds and uh, we don't, you know, right. <laughs> we don't really know what's going on. It's in always the interesting world. when you, you'll be talking to your wife about a product and somehow it shows up in your inbox. Or oh my Facebook gosh, like, that's they, so crazy! How do they know? There's a lot of uh, conspiracy <laughs> theories. With that. How do it know? It's kind of like the thermos. One of these right. days, I'll tell you my thermos story okay. if I haven't already. Um, so anyway, um, so, you know, emails, that's, that's, that's your admission fee to come in here and you get to see an amazing amount of cars. I mean, we've gotten our new inventory this past week has been phenomenal. We got a 2012 super light coupe. Okay. That thing is so cool. I mean, it's a race car for the streets. It really it's is. Amazing. It's street legal. It's got air. It's got GPS and nav. Uh, and then it's got an LS3 that's, uh, built and it feels, I sat in it the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I could barely it's got get a five in. five point harness too. Right? Yeah. yeah. I could barely get in and I could really barely get out. Uh, you know, it's not like getting in your uh, regular car. That's for certain. It's got a big sill to crawl over. And uh, well, you get a lot of cars here. From uh, listen, guys get older. They sure, climbing inside in and out of a Corvette, for example. Yeah, this exactly. one's lower than a Corvette. Lower than a Corvette. It's like and, a, the nine sixty two. Yeah, exactly. I have a wonderful new model here, thanks to Steve and Ethan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like I mean, the sill on that thing has got to be mm-hmm. two feet wide. Wow. So to crawl over that is about as ungraceful <laughs> as you could possibly be. I mean, I'm. <laughs> It was kind of funny. They should have videotaped it. Yeah. That would have been a good yeah, segment yeah. on uh, on our show here. But uh, but anyway, um, we got a 1963 Mack Wrecker tow truck. Really? It's orange and white. It's an amazing – it's huge. It could barely fit in the building. Uh, we've got it here in our truck room, which is right behind mm-hmm. us here, which we've completely redecorated. And, uh, and, and that's because we have no choice. We're running out of room. <laughs> it's hard to believe that in a 336,000-square-foot building, you'd be running out of room. It looks great, though. Yeah, some of the cars you got to squeeze between. But for the most part, yeah. you can really get a close-up look at all these cars. We do our best to try to keep them separated enough so you can get through and see them all from all angles and all that. But it's, you know, you start running out of room and and good customers bring you cars and you just, you know, you want to keep bringing, you know, you don't want to say no. Um, you know, business is business and you hate to say no to any business. Uh, some of the other new cars that we got in this week, we got a 91 Lotus Elan convertible. Mm-hmm. Now, it, when's the last time you saw one of those? It's a cool car. Yeah, they really are. I mean, it's, 
it's one of those things that uh, they're not real, real collectible, nor are they even well-known. Right. I mean, when was the last time you saw one at a car show? They're pretty obscure. Yeah. Obscure and uh, anything. Uh, and then we got a, uh, an amazing uh, 66 Olds 442 hardtop with a burgundy with a burgundy uh, vinyl top, which is really an interesting contrast to it. It's uh, amazing looking and uh, one of those cars that's just so iconic. Those 442s from the 60s. Beautiful. I always loved those cars. Uh, the you know the cool kids in the neighborhood always had the four four twos back in yep. the day, and uh, you know it's one of those things that uh, we 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 remember what we like because we liked what we remember. You know, we with the stuff that was cool back in the day is is you know still kind of cool mm-hmm. to us. So one of our segments that we missed uh, in the past three weeks is where we sold cars to. So over the last three weeks, and I'm going to go through this pretty quickly yep. because uh, it's a long list. So <clears throat> from from the 27th of November till yesterday, we sold cars to Las Vegas, Nevada, Greenwood, Delaware, Medford, New Jersey, Athens, Alabama, Narvon, Pennsylvania, Danville, California, home of the Blackhawk Collection, right. uh, Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia Falls, Montana, Lake Havasu, Havasu City, Arizona, uh, Broomall, Pennsylvania, Elston, Iowa, Eminus, Emmis, I don't know, Emmis, Imos, Pennsylvania, Pueblo, Colorado, Palm Desert, California, Hamburg, Pennsylvania, Andalusia, Alabama, Franktown, Colorado, my Holy goodness, mackerel. Williamstown, New Jersey, Hawkinson, Delaware, Columbia, New Jersey. Please write in if I've skewered any of these names. Yeah. Uh, uh, Palm Springs, California, Lake Point, Utah, uh, Bethlehem, Georgia, uh, Warwick, Maryland, Kirbyville, Texas, Sadieville, Kentucky, Tremonton, Utah, Flagstaff, Arizona. Is that two to Flagstaff? Or I don't know. So, wow. Oh, Pueblo, Colorado, we do. Holy um, New Orleans, Louisiana, Reno, Nevada, Lenore City, Tennessee, where my hometown mm-hmm. uh, is, Denver, Colorado, Pocono Summit, Pennsylvania, Fall City, Washington, Hernando, Mississippi, Warwick, New York, East Brunswick, New Jersey, Paulette, Vermont, and Lake Point, Utah. Mm-hmm. So when we return, we're going to have our very special guest on, Mr. Mike, world-renowned photographer, Mr. Michael Furman. We'll be back in just a few. Hey, folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. If you have lost a loved one and were left with a firearms collection and are not sure how to dispose of them safely, or you may have firearms you no longer want, this message is for you. I am a licensed FFL firearms dealer in the state of Florida, specializing in estate firearm purchases. It is very important that all firearm transactions be handled according to state and federal laws. You can contact me for information at firearmliquidationservice at outlook.com, or you can call or text me at 407-921-8100-247 and ask for James. Again, for information contact me at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com or call or text me at 407-921-8100. All communications are strictly confidential. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast live from the studios of Classic Auto Mall in downtown Morgantown, Pennsylvania. 
with my buddy and my pal, Mr. Mr. Michael Furman. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Stuart. Thank you for coming on the show. We were just discussing a minute ago how long it's been since you've been here. Three and a half years, probably, we thought. We came here when you first opened. Yeah, we hadn't been open very long, and we did the nickel tour, and you and I had a blast. We hit it off right away. Yeah, the yeah. nickel tour took like five <laughs> minutes. There was only a handful of cars here. It's quite amazing. We're actually running out of room of 336,000 square feet, which is scary because I remember the first week I was here, I told my partner, I said, uh, my business partner, I have to clarify that. Um, I told my business partner, I said, you know, it'll be funny when I tell you we have to add on to the, onto the building. And he laughed and he said, oh, don't be stupid. You know, <laughs> first weekend he's thinking, oh my God, I've partnered with the wrong guy here. And last week he said, do you think we could add on to one of the corners of the building? And I thought, you know, it's not that far-fetched. When we first started, uh, the casino, which opens up next week, uh, next just, Wednesday. I never noticed it before. It's amazing. It's just like, where did that come from and how in Morgantown, Pennsylvania, are we getting a casino? Which, uh, it's kind of like Grantville, the casino that's near um, uh, Hershey. It's that it's kind of the middle of nowhere. And we're kind of in the middle of nowhere, although we do have a population, I think, of almost 700 people. So, you know, <laughs> we've got that going anyway. <laughs> are you a Philly guy from lifelong yeah. Philly guy? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Lifelong. So, Morgantown would have been nothing back in the day when you were growing up. Would you even have heard of Morgantown? Yeah. Uh, actually, I rode my bicycle through here probably 35 years ago. Really? We went and visited a friend's family in Lancaster. We all rode our bikes out there. From where to where? From Philadelphia. No. That's and, a long uh, bike ride. On the way back, the highlight of the trip is we... We got to uh, Route 23 in Morgantown. Right. Uh, not far from where 10, is, that, is it 10? 10, 10 comes yeah, in there? 10 and 23. And there's like a diner or something yeah. there. And we decided we're going to stop there and go right. and go to the bathroom and get something to eat. And my one friend who's really a very funny guy, right. he's riding behind me, and a car came by and hit a, um, uh, I guess it was a, a possum that was in the road. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting better by the second. It's an awful story. <laughs> yeah. But the possum was already deceased. Right. But now the possum is all over my oh. friend. Oh, man. So we go into the restaurant, and he's the last one to come in. Where, where's David hiding? And he comes in looking like somebody threw a possum on <laughs> Which, in reality, pretty much happens, right? So... Fond, warm memories of, of Morgantown, <laughs> the right? The point of Morgantown. So, so you're, I don't imagine you rode your bicycle here today, so I'm hoping not. No, no, it's no, a little, no, no. little, little cool. You're a sensible car guy, aren't you? You, you, you sensible. drive sensible cars, right? You don't, I don't, you don't, drive a, you don't drive a 962 Porsche at work every day. No, 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 no. Actually, um, people ask me if I'm a car person. I'm right. really a bicycle person. Right, right. It sounds like and, it. And um, my favorite car is my bicycle. Right. My uh, desire would really be to, I mean, I enjoy watching bike racing. Right. Tour de France and yeah, things like that. Yeah, all that kind yeah. of stuff. And I know I was on a call the other day with uh, a bunch of car friends, and they were all talking about the um, the recent Formula One race, the uh, F1 race. Right. And I have no idea what's going on. I can't tell one car from another. Oh, you sound like my dad. And I, can, I go to car races, right. and I usually only try to stay for the um, qualifying. Right. 
Because after that, it's like, who knows what's going right. on? It's hard to keep up with. It, it wasn't hard to keep up with the fiasco with the Formula One race last week, though. It was kind of a crazy thing that they did, and the rules kind of changed in the middle of the thing. And Well, they never explain any of the rules. Oh, of course not, because why should they? They are at the upper echelon. They don't yeah. need to explain themselves. They're going on and on like you know all oh, this yeah. stuff. It's like the buddy you have who starts into a story like you're supposed to know it. Or <laughs> I have a buddy of mine who will say to me all the time, he'll say, remember that blonde-haired girl we met about 30 years ago? And that's the only bit of information he'll give you. It's like, okay, let me see if I can deduct this from all the people we've met over the past, you know, X amount of years. But, you know, it's funny I mentioned that. My friend Jerry Durnell, who you probably knew, who owned Automobile Quarterly. He was Automobile Quarterly, yes. yes. bought it from Scott Bailey, uh, who mm-hmm. started Automobile Quarterly. Jerry, car guy through and through, drove a minivan. And I said, why do you drive a minivan? And he said, because it's the most practical damn car on the planet. He goes, I can haul stuff. It feels like I'm driving a car, you know. So, so here's a guy who publishes our arguably the finest publication automotive book if you will that's a magazine but it's hardcover uh and drives a minivan so um and i drove a minivan actually for a few years and that wasn't by choice though that was because i had five kids and and no money i had one and everybody borrowed it yeah of course they're worse than a pickup truck so well since then i've had five pickups right nobody ever borrows really Well, if you're like me, I have a pickup truck now, and I can't get it in and out of my own driveway. It's so big. It's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, you know, I, have like, that, I have that problem, too. Yeah, I have to do the three-point turn to get into my driveway. You know, So it's one of those things that uh, maybe you should have test-driven it before you bought it and tried it out. And, well, I made that mistake once. I got a a, uh, a work truck. Right. Okay, this is back when GM was having trouble delivering vehicles. Right. And you had to take what was sitting there. You weren't getting a vehicle. Right, right. And they, I got a 2,500 work truck. <laughs> that was the most awful experience. Did it have rubber floor? It didn't even have real carpet, no, did it? No, you're absolutely right. It had rubber floor mats. And there was no such thing as a three-point turn. Right. It was a three-point turn. It's now a nine-point nine. turn. And I absolutely hated that. You know, it's funny, though, that if you don't – like they say a good thing about uh, the way the rental car industry is nowadays is you can rent just about anything. Back in the day, you just rented a few – there was a few to choose from. Now you can rent basically the car you're thinking about buying. Use mm-hmm. it for a weekend. Make sure it fits what you're thinking, like your garage. I have guys all the time who, measure, who ask me – they want to buy a classic car from us, and they'll say, how long is the car? Oh, it's uh, 17 feet, 6 inches. Darn it won't fit in my garage you know and it's that logic that people forget about is the most obvious question i remember in branson missouri when we were there in the entertainment business uh they uh, one of the local theaters in town hired wayne newton to perform there and my six-year-old son said when we went to see the show and he, when we were walking out he said i get he said i guess dad nobody asked him if he could sing and he had lost his voice so bad he couldn't sing anymore yet nobody thought to ask him that you know it's those obvious questions sometimes that are the best ones to ask <laughs> <laughs> and that could even go into a whole lot of other things like wives and girlfriends and all that <laughs> other stuff. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Michael is uh, uh, an amazing photographer, and I'm not trying to you know uh, toot your horn, but uh, I got to watch you uh, do your work one time. We were you had the Pebble Beach winning car uh, here locally, taking pictures of it in 18 or 19. It was a 29 Mercedes, I believe. Yeah, that would have been. Is that eighteen or nineteen? I can't. I think it was. I think you're right. It was a twenty nine or twenty eight or twenty nine uh, Mercedes 
It was the Lord Howe. Yeah, that's that's the car. And I, I was amazed you were at a local facility within 30 miles or so of here. And the one thing that amazed me about uh, your skills, which is your photography is wonderful, but the distance that you were from the car when you took the picture. Like, I... I had no idea. I mean, is that to keep it from, you know, in its natural state and no, it doesn't get nervous or, do, <laughs> or are you more like a sniper? <laughs> well, I want to make sure I don't drop anything on the car. Um, yeah, that's an excellent point. <laughs> generally speaking, people stand too close when they photograph a right. car. And just because you can fit something in your viewfinder doesn't mean that things are correct. Right, right. And most people don't see distortion. Right. And unfortunately, I see distortion. Right. Because you do it long enough, you, sure. all you see is distortion. Right. My world is a distorted world. <laughs> but so what, what might look perfect to me? What well, wouldn't land on most people, right. I, I need to get rid of. I need to correct it. Sure. And normally, you have to shoot. People think if you shoot with what's called a normal lens, that's the way your eye sees. Right. And that's not the case. Normal is a uh, term of art, and it relates to the diagonal of the uh, format that right. you're shooting. So whether that's the width and the height of it and things well, like that? Well, if you that? have the height and the width, you take the diagonal of that, mm-hmm. and that's called a normal lens. Right. It has no relation to how normal the view, <laughs> the view is. <laughs> it could be really quite abnormal. Sure. But um, so people think that because you're using like a 50-millimeter lens mm-hmm. on a 35-millimeter camera that there's no distortion. Mm-hmm. And as long as it fits in the frame, everything is fine. Right. And none of that's the case. Sure. If you were to look through a camera with a 50-millimeter lens and open your other eye, you'd see that your the eye that's looking through the camera is much closer, is much a uh, broader view right. than what your eye is right. seeing. And if you were to have a zoom lens on that camera and keep backing up and zooming out until the two matched, you'd be at about 80 or 90 millimeters. <laughs> right, right. And now you're twice as far away. Right. I mean, I know that during that photo shoot, you had to be 100 feet away from the car, probably. I would like to have been. <laughs> <laughs> you're limited by space. And I was very limited by space. Geography, as we like to I'm say. I'm trying to think where we shot that. that I, was I, a, it was in Skipak. Right. I'm trying to think how we fit in there, because that was a very small space. It was a very small space, and lots of other cars there. It was a big collector that was there. We'll leave it yeah, at that at his and, place. And uh, people think just because you can fit the car in the building, you can photograph right. it, when in fact the situation really is a matter of um, you need so much more room around the car, mm-hmm. so none of this other stuff reflects in. Right. Well, cars are hard to shoot. Right. I mean, because they're reflective and they're big, and they have they have their uh, idiosyncrasies. Yeah, sure. Um, but the real thing is that if you don't have a big enough space, there's really not much you can do to compensate sure. for that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it all well, comes back to compensation. <laughs> well, I mean, we learned that when we built our little photo booth here that uh, we thought oh, it's going to be 40 feet by 40 feet. And we thought, well, that's plenty big enough. It's not. No. It really isn't. I mean, it works perfectly for what we do. We're not trying to win any awards or anything here. What we're trying to do is give a clean, clear shot of the car. But, but 40 by 40, heck, it could be 80 by 80, and it still might not be big enough. Probably not. We like to shoot in about 10,000 square feet. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's uh, 80 by 120 yeah. feet. Yeah. 
and that allows me to shoot with the longer lens. It also means that things to the side of the car aren't going to reflect into it. Oh, yeah. And if something is going to reflect in, all you can really do is cover things with black cloth. Right. And I have enough black cloth (laughs) to probably cover your entire building, and no two pieces are the same black. And that's because they need to be different depths for different things, no. or just because he just randomly bought them? <laughs> Basically, um, every time we think we have enough black cloth, you we don't. find we don't. We right. get more black cloth. And even if you bought a lot of black cloth that was all the same dye lot, you put them next to each other, and they don't even look like they know each other. And you think black is black, but it's not. White yeah. is white. It's not. It is It really not. isn't. So when we come back, we will talk more about uh, photography world and distance and scope and breadth <laughs> and all those good things. And we'll be back with our guest, Michael Furman, in just a minute. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. If you have lost a loved one and were left with a firearms collection and are not sure how to dispose of them safely, or you may have firearms you no longer want, this message is for you. I am a licensed FFL firearms dealer in the state of Florida, specializing in estate firearm purchases. It is very important that all firearm transactions be handled according to state and federal laws. You can contact me for information at firearmliquidationservice at outlook.com, or you can call or text me at 407-921-8100-247 and ask for James. Again, for information contact me at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com or call or text me at 407-921-8100. All communications are strictly confidential. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast in lovely downtown Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Uh, with the new casino just opened last Wednesday. I'm saying that we're recording this actually the week before, but don't tell anybody <laughs> We're pretending like it's next week. So I have to think uh, outside of the future or something. So we're talking to a world-renowned photographer, Michael Furman. Uh, it's a delight to have him here. He's located right here, been a Philly boy his, all, his whole life. and But yet we run into each other everywhere but here. I seem to see most of my Philadelphia <laughs> friends in California yeah. or in uh, Paris uh-huh. yeah, or course. in London. Yeah. Uh, not home at home though. No. If you're like me though, I am. Most of my friends are car guys at car events, and when I'm home, I'm home. Like when I'm home, I don't go out and do things. I'm not out socializing around this part of the world. You know, first of all, there's nothing to do. <laughs> Morgantown. You're in Morgantown. Yeah, exactly. But when we're home, we like to just chill out and be at home. You know. I I'm a homebody. Yeah. And I get to travel way too much on business, and my wife always wants to go somewhere, right. and I'm thinking. I've just been away for six weeks. I'd yeah. like to just sit here. And do nothing. Yeah. yeah. Nothing is a good thing, by the way, especially as we were talking earlier, the older you get. Yeah, I need a lot more nothing in my life. <laughs> I think we all do. So how did – so correct me if I'm wrong. You are the 
official or unofficial photographer of the best of show Pebble Beach winning car every year. How does that work? And I probably got that all wrong. So, Well, you're close. <laughs> okay. See? I don't know if the word official comes in. <laughs> right. Because they don't like to deem anything official. Sure. But um, I'm a sponsor of Pebble Beach. Right. And part of my sponsorship is I photograph the best of show car. And how many years have you been doing that? We've been doing it, I think it's the last... 12 wow. years, 14 wow. years. My goal was always to photograph every single car in the studio. Right. And the difference between my work and most other people's work is I shoot everything in the studio. Right. And most people shoot on location. But um, I started, I guess the first best of show I did had to have been 30 years ago. Right. And we've gotten about 30 of them done, give or take. Do they come to you, or do you go to them? Or I mean, the studio is a relative term, right? The studio is yeah. wherever you make it. The studio is wherever we can find <laughs> your <a> equipment, <laughs> wherever we can find a big enough space to hold my equipment, and somebody doesn't mind my being there, tying the space up longer than I said I was going right. to. <laughs> <laughs> that optimism is amazing. Yes, but the um, this summer, for example, Pebble Beach invited. It was their 70th anniversary, and they invited 43 of the past winners there. Whoa! And my eyes lit up as I looked at the list, and of those forty-three, there were at least twenty-five I'd never shot wow. before. That's a lifetime worth of doing, isn't it? That is a lot of work. Yeah. And for me to get twenty-five in one spot is never going to happen sure. again. And it didn't happen this summer. Right. <laughs> can you? Can you? Uh, I guess. I mean, you need a building that's. Uh, you can't do it outdoors and make your own world. You can't make a tent and turn it into no, a you studio, really right? Because um, too much light and. Well, everything we do is about controlling light. Right. And because, as you said earlier, the cars are so reflective, right. they're an even greater problem. And um, Well, you know, if you look at cars in general, um, certain cars, like we have our, our photo booth. It's white floors, white walls, white ceiling. Certain cars react very well in there. Red cars, very difficult to shoot. They get weird, odd colors. White cars and yellow cars are very difficult in there because they're they're almost blending in. The camera goes, ah! You know? I don't think our camera actually does that, but no, it's it something something close Mine to does. that. Yeah, it uh, it's well. It, there's settings on a camera that I know that if you've got too much white, it it's it starts trying to make it too dark because it's the camera's overreacting to to what it's seeing. Well, uh, you have to take it off the automatic settings. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you mean that Rebel SLR thing that I've got? Just automatic doesn't really work, does it? You know the iPhone camera is probably better than the one we're using. I use mine all the time. I never travel with a camera. I just take my iPhone. Isn't that amazing? But um, if you leave a camera set on automatic, you have to know more than if it was manual. Right. And think about that. Now that's an interesting statement, right? Yeah, there. because yeah. you have to know when the situation is defeating the right. camera's right. perspective on things. Isn't that amazing? And of course, early morning, late afternoon when you're taking photographs outside are always recommended to be the best time yes. because of the light and the this all the, we're getting into things I have no idea what we're talking <laughs> about. But I mean it's one of those things that uh, that you have to know what you're doing. And and for us, I mean we take pictures, we're journeyman camera guys here we just we're, we're getting the information from our studio out on the internet to people and hopefully in a nice enticing 
thorough way. But I got to ask you one question: Of all the cars that you photographed, these high-end cars, uh, especially Pebble Beach winners, have you ever photographed one and found like a flaw in it that was never seen, or you see something and you go, "Oh my God!" Had they seen this, they might not have awarded it the best of show. Or no, I had a, I had a worse situation in that it was a very good friend of mine, right. and he was very proud of his new. I guess he had a Porsche GT2. Right. And he has a brother, and his brother has a GT3. (laughs) And the two of them are so competitive. Right. Now, they're 70-ish at this point. They are they are competitive like they're twelve years old. <laughs> Can't drive to the grocery store and follow one another and not no, get into a race. No, they, yeah. they're just like unbelievable. <laughs> so the one brother brings me his car, and we put it up in the stage. And as I'm shooting it, I notice there seems to be a a a, a, a swirl on the side of the oh. car. And I said to my guys, I said, "Did you wipe this down? This looks like there's uh, like some haze from wax or uh-huh. something." And they went up to it and looked at it. And they said, no, there's nothing there. So I took another picture, and it's still there. I said, no, 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 there's something there. (laughs) I walk up to the car, and I see that the way my light is, it's showing something underneath the clear coat that you really wouldn't notice. By the eye, the naked eye. Right. And apparently the car, which he had purchased secondhand, um, had been hit. And this does happen when the car is hit and certain angles of light will bring out what the work that was done, and especially if it's a metallic paint. Right. And this is a friend of mine who is so anal <laughs> that, I mean, you could see all the color drain out of oh his my face. Gosh, yeah. And you could see him, like, look for some place to grab because he was going to go down any minute. <laughs> And his daughter was there, and I've known his daughter since we taught her how to ride a bike, and she was working for him at the time. And the look on her face was like, you know, he's now going to have this great inheritance. Yeah. (laughs) This um, tarnished car. (laughs) And he was okay. I think he still might have the car. I never bring that up. Yeah, it wouldn't be something you'd bring up at a cocktail party or something. Yeah. And he wasn't going to take the car apart to have it fixed. Right, right. So. And the, the bad part is it's on the driver's door. Oh. <laughs> so you have to look the, at it. <laughs> yeah. So if it was on the passenger door, I know him. Yeah. He would park the car in such a way he'd never have to see that side of the car. Of course, out of sight, out of mind, right? Of but course. in his Why case, it's on the driver's <laughs> side. And um, How important is that impression in any vehicle? When you, you, know, you walk up to the car, that side that you always see, you open the door, what you see there. I mean, that's... That's what's important. You know, that's the most important look that you get on a car. And for him to have to look at it every day, <laughs> thanks for being the bearer of bad news, right? You know? Oh, boy. <laughs> and we haven't spoken much since then. Um, it's that damn Furman. Yeah. <laughs> He's brought it up again. Well, you know, it's funny. We, uh, uh, you know, you being in this business and, and in the automotive book business, if you will, which is not the easiest business to be in. That's a hard business. That's a hard business. And you have defied the odds with the book that you come out with. I mean, your latest one, uh, Badass, uh, or Badass, if you want to... Badass, if you're trying to clean it up. <laughs> yeah, well, if you want to put your emphasis on the wrong syllable, then <laughs> so be it. Um, um, but but generally, those books... Well, 
most of them are so niche that it's you know it's hard to sell a book on a Tatra. You know, <laughs> I don't even know why that came up. Yeah, you're right. But um, but yours defy that. I mean, you sell a bunch of books, and 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 are you your own publisher as well too? In essence, or well, I decided about nineteen the end of the twentieth century. <laughs> God, so don't make us feel old. That, uh, I didn't like the way the advertising world was going. Right. We were doing a lot of work for ad agencies and design studios, and we worked for some of the car manufacturers as well. And I didn't like the way things were going in that business. Right. And I said, I've taken enough car shots that I could probably do a book. I convinced myself I could do a book. So I sketched out a couple ideas for books. And I went to the big book expo in New York at the Javits Center mm-hmm. and um, walked around tried to find publishers there. Have you ever been to the Javits Center? It's ginormous. Right. It's almost as big as this place. Right. <laughs> well, almost, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but there weren't any car book people right. there. But I found one publisher that had just done the 100th anniversary book on um, Ford Motor. And was an expensive book, and as I was speaking with them, they said that they had, Ford had ordered 225,000 copies, which is probably 10 times as many books as I'll sell (laughs) aggregate of all my titles in my entire life. And we then approached General Motors to do their book, and as soon as we came out with the book, uh, GM went bankrupt. Nice. Good which, timing. Which right. people blamed me for. Well, <laughs> you and that book. <laughs> you know, Michael, if you didn't do the book, yeah. they'd still be in Gosh, yes. But we decided that we would um, try to get some books published. And the first publisher I went to, um, they were sold. They were such a big-time publisher that at Book Expo, I was too nervous to go up and speak really? to them. Really? I said, they'll never speak to they me. They won't talk to me, yeah. But instead, I wound up with somebody called a book packager. Right. And that's just like when you see the movies, and a movie starts, and it's 10 different studio names Right, come up. right, right. Nobody's got all the money on the table. Right. Nobody wants to take the risk. Right. So all these people come together to somehow create the project. And in the book world, that lands on a book uh, packager. Sure. So the packager does everything, then sells the project off to a big publisher. In my case, they sold it off to the big publisher that I was too afraid to walk into. <laughs> they weren't too afraid to they walk in. They weren't too afraid. <laughs> By gosh. But, and they liked the fact that I had um, four books and ideas for four books. Now, I had enough work for one book. Right. I had enough work to do most of a second book. I had almost nothing on the third book. Right. And the fourth book, I don't even remember what it was, but I didn't have any pictures for it. And they bought the, they bought the package. And midway through the second book, they were sold, wow. which gave me the option of getting out of the deal because I knew that I didn't have enough book shots taken for right. the third book, and the fourth book would bankrupt me. Right. So um, luckily for me... Uh, the Museum of Fine Art in Boston mm-hmm. did a great show of Ralph Lauren's collection. Right. Which, if you're going to pick a collection... <laughs> I mean, does it get any better? doesn't really get much better than that. And uh, I had worked with Mr. Lauren in the past, and I was tapped to do the book. Right. And the book, because Mr. Lauren's name is attached to it, it 
got huge publicity. Sure. It sold and sold. I think they reprinted the book a dozen times. Arguably your best book no. sales. At, oh, really? Oh, best book for sales, yeah, but yeah. I didn't publish it. Ah, gotcha. It was published by the MFA in Boston. Gotcha, gotcha. And then it went on to be, um, uh, they installed the show at the Louvre yep. in Paris. I remember reading about that. And... I got to go over to Paris, and my work is hanging all over the Louvre. Oh, my gosh. And I am... Did I go to heaven moment? Yeah, it really was. I mean, my head was so big. Uh, my wife didn't think they'd get me on the plane to get home. They'd have to send me back on a steamer ship or well, something. Well, let's talk about that waterhead when we come back from the next break. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. <laughs> If you have lost a loved one and were left with a firearms collection and are not sure how to dispose of them safely, or you may have firearms you no longer want, this message is for you. I am a licensed FFL firearms dealer in the state of Florida, specializing in estate firearm purchases. It is very important that all firearm transactions be handled according to state and federal laws. You can contact me for information at firearmliquidationservice at outlook.com, or you can call or text me at 407-921-8100-247 and ask for James. Again, for information contact me at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com or call or text me at 407-921-8100. All communications are strictly confidential. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast. Don't forget to check out our website, ClassicAutoMall.com. If you've got any questions uh, for me or for any of our guests, although they'll be long gone, <laughs> but we can certainly relay it on to them, podcast at ClassicAutoMall.com. But when you go to our website, ClassicAutoMall.com, sign up for our newsletter. We we send out one once a month. I don't drive you crazy. I have some usually some interesting ideas and thoughts, and you know we talk about stuff and show new inventory. Our, we do an article every month. Uh, this one was managing expectations of your estate and I try to be pretty brutally honest in those because people don't have managed expectations with their estate. And I, one of my lines in the uh, in the uh, newsletter or in the, the article was, is whatever you do on your deathbed, don't grab your wife and pull her down to you and say, whatever you do, don't take less than 80000 for the Corvette. <laughs> and that happens. And then we get families who don't want to dishonor their, their loved ones. So, And I'm sure you meet a lot of collectors, Michael Furman, who's joining us uh, for our third segment here, uh, world-renowned photographer and book guy and car guy um, I'm sure you get a lot of estates that uh, you deal with as well too I guess after you know the they've passed do you when when somebody when you go and shoot somebody's car do you give them a little booklet or a, or a thumb drive of all the pictures you shoot of them for them and how does that work well it depends on why we're taking the photographs sometimes they've asked me to photograph sure. the collection and we've done a number of collections where we made private books right 
that are not available to the public. Right. And we had one gentleman who wound up uh, printing 10,000 copies. And giving them dollars, friends? or And and he used it as a business uh, promotional sure. thing. And I visited his new facility in Toronto, and the building was very big. Right. Not quite as big as this place. <laughs> well, or the Javits Center. Or the ja- we're, we're somewhere in between, right? Yeah, somewhere in between. <laughs> but he had a fair amount of cars, and he had a lot of books stacked up everywhere. <laughs> Hadn't gotten rid of all of them. They, they made it like a graphic element in the place. Right, right. And everywhere you looked, they'd be like, oh, there's a thousand books Well, like there. Walmart does with the Coke, Coke, you know, when they have the cases of Coca-Cola and yeah. they stack them into a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> Same exact thing. I don't know where that came from. But it was this guy's book. Right. Um, and we have other people who do books. Um, we've done books for people's birthdays. Sure. Uh, which is a very nice present. Absolutely. And, um, but we've also done books for people who eventually started a museum. Right. So we've done the Simeone Museum in Philadelphia. Maybe before it was a museum? or We started with Dr. Fred 20 years before he wow. started his museum. Wow. But he was also my doctor. <laughs> How perfect. Yeah. So, he was so a, you, you pay him and he pays you. So yeah, I like. just kind of <laughs> – he says to me, what are you here for today? Oh, I'm here to photograph a car. <laughs> And by the way, I have this little goiter on my back. <laughs> now, he was a brain surgeon, right? Uh, he was a neurosurgeon. Neurosurgeon. And well, for us laymen, it's brain surgeon. <laughs> and usually, because Fred would watch me work, and right. I'm used to people saying, boy, this is really involved. And I always say, this isn't brain surgery. <laughs> and I caught myself before saying that to Fred, because Fred said, my God, this is involved. <laughs> the brain surgeon says this is involved. I asked a guy who had one arm who came in here. I said, boy, that paint job must have cost you an arm and a leg. And I can't believe I did that. I didn't. It wasn't. I wasn't trying to be funny. It just came out that way. So Dr. Fred thought what you did is complex. Yes. I can't even play the operation game. You know, the thing where you stick the little tweezers down in. I can't figure out how to get my doctor on the phone. Yeah, that's pretty difficult, too. And that becomes more important as we get older, you know? Yes, uh, didn't I think about that much. half my day now sitting on hold. <laughs> and it, well, I actually found something interesting. Two different places I called. One was my Internet service provider, right. which had lost all my emails. And the other was my the folks at QuickBooks right. that ruined my account. What a joy to have to, you know. They both use the same music on hold, and in both cases, you're on hold for four or five hours at a time. You just set the phone down, right? You set the phone down, and someone comes back on and says, I'm going to send you over to so-and-so, and And before you can say, (laughs) I just came from there, so you get into these loops, and I'm hearing the same music, and I don't remember who I'm speaking to at this point, because they have the same music. So these are the problems in today's yeah, yes, world. Yes, in today's world of you know these high. So you talked about Dr. Simeon's collection, which is amazing. How about the Mullen collection? Did you do that before it was a museum as well? Or? Yeah, we did. We did uh, Peter's collection before he opened his museum, and um, Peter had had uh, kept acquiring cars. Every right. time I turn around, he'd have more cars, and he had taken over the former Otis Chandler building. Oh, which had a great collection in it at oh, the time. Otis, oh. What Otis would do, he was the publisher of the LA Times. Right. And what he would do, every so often he'd go, eh, I think I'm going to change. 
and everything would be gone. Right. To go from muscle car to sports racers right. to whatever. He, to motorcycles. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, when he went and did a complete change, <laughs> just like imagine going in your house and repainting the walls. Yeah. He would go in and change all the cars Right, out. right. And um, he passed away. And Peter and and, uh, and uh, why am I losing his name now? Um, Otis. Otis. Peter and Otis. Otis. There we go. Just think of the uh, the uh, Andy Andy of Mayberry. <laughs> Otis, the town drunk. <laughs> Sorry, I digress. Sorry, Otis. <laughs> Sorry, Otis. Uh, and all you Otis's out there. Um, Otai, plural. <laughs> but they were good friends, and Peter as as gruff as he can be and mm-hmm. all that he's really got a soft heart i love guys like that yeah. and he wanted to see that building continue sure. on as a car place that's fantastic i love that that re- repurposing something that was something before or something different as is our place you know it used to be an outlet mall people still bring their furniture back and want, to, <laughs> you want, want me to honor the warranty on this mattress <laughs> like you bought it 30 years ago really you just need to get a new mattress so um books in publishing books, is it gotten more cost effective or, or more expensive to do these days? Can you can you do a limited run much cheaper than you used to be able to? Um, I think you can. Uh, nowadays, with digital presses, um, you can print smaller quantities right. and not have the penalty of um, having to make a thousand books or five thousand books. Uh, I think it's up to about 250 copies you can do digitally right. for less than you can do it on a four-color press. Wow. And is the quality comparable to what you expect, or is it It's interesting. Different? It is almost as good in almost every situation. In a few situations, it's actually a little better. Really? The greatest problem is you don't get the same choice of paper. Gotcha. And you don't realize how important paper, paper is. is. Right. <laughs> Until you go to print and you go, I don't like the way this this feels, or right, I don't right. like the way the ink is laying on the page, sure. and, and it just doesn't look as good to me. Sure, and you're you know hypercritical would be an understatement. Yes. Yeah. So as we talked about earlier, so I mean that's one of those things that. Uh, but I I've noticed that with your books that the the whole quality of it, it's the feel, it's the heft, it's it's everything about the book that, that says to you, this is real, you know. it's uh, Well, it's important to me that we honor the cars properly. Sure. And, um, you know, my involvement in all of this is really, I'm not a collector. Mm-hmm. I'm not all that knowledgeable about the cars. Although while I'm working on a project, I can tell you everything that's in that book, every page, sure. every... Who took the picture? What everything about that? Right. And the minute we go to the next book, I don't remember anything from the previous book. Trust me, with seven hundred cars in here, (laughs) I get you. I get you a hundred percent. So, but it's important to me that we do everything as well as can be done. We tend to work with the finest cars in the world. Um, Every year, there's a publication that comes out of. Lichtenstein or yeah, Luxembourg? Yeah, one of the two. I get that book. It's the collector. The, it's the cl- uh, Fred, Dr. Fred was the recipient of yeah. their major award not too long ago, or the last issue or it's whatever. It's the publication. It's called um, Classic Car Trust. Yeah, there you go. And they do a publication every year where they rank the top collections in the world. Right. And of which Dr. Fred was number one. Yeah. 
Uh, one year he was number two, but his good buddy Miles Collier was number one. <laughs> Which is an amazing collection. Which oh. is extraordinary. <laughs> but the difference is Miles bought a lot of his collection is based on the Briggs Cunningham collection. Right. So Miles has the coin to go in there and buy that collection. Dr. Fred collected each car individually right. over more than 50 years. Right. And what he would do, he is such an academic uh, <coughs> that he would research every car, determine where it was, and kind of wait in the bushes for it to become available. Right, right. And then, then grab and it. Swoop in there and yeah. get that car. I mean, doesn't he say, maybe kind of half tongue in cheek, that he couldn't afford to sell any of the cars he has, basically? He could, you know, the tax implication would be ridiculous if he sold one of those cars that he had. He said it's just, it's just they've gotten so expensive beyond what he paid for them. Well, oddly enough, I took Peter Mullen right. through Fred's collection a number of years ago, and Peter has seen everything. And right. he walks through and goes, you couldn't do this today. Right. There's not enough tea in China to reproduce this collection, <laughs> recreate this collection. Isn't that amazing? And it looks like a, that collection looks like it's been there forever. Like when you go in there, it just has that feel of a, a good, worn pair of Basswegians. This is my dad <laughs> talking, my God. Did I say Basswegians, really? <laughs> it just feels like a good, worn leather jacket or something. It's like it's always been there, and it's always your go-to place. You go in that museum, and you just look at it, and it just makes you feel good. I love going there and hanging out. Yeah. What I mean, and I love when Bonhams has a sale down there or when any of the, you know, they had the dinners down there uh, for for car collectors and honoring. Uh, they just had one not too long ago, too. Who was that honoring? I can't remember now. They honored um, Brian Redmond. Brian Redmond, that's right, who I see a lot at Amelia Island. Yes. I stand at the bar in close proximity to him as if we he and I are hanging out, which we're not. <laughs> he looks at me like, who are you? <laughs> I used to hang out. At Amelia with Brock Yates. Oh, how awesome. And if you've ever been with Brock, the minute you stand at a bar with him, you are now his friend from life. Is, but, yeah. What I, a fabulous, oh, fabulous guy. I missed this past year. We weren't, uh, us who weren't staying at the Ritz Carlton weren't allowed into the bar area this year. So the year before we hung out, it was Bobby Ray Hall and Brian Redman and uh, a couple other guys all just sitting there. We all just were kind of chatting as if we were old pal buddies. Now you want to sit in that bar because that is a very oh, cool place. You just learn a lot. Yeah. But of course, I didn't stay there this last time because I was trying to save a dollar. Of course, as I'm walking to the parking lot, you know, they have those Trail, those bike trails where you walk to your, I don't know if you've ever had to walk from leaving the Ritz to where you oh, yeah. park. Oh, yeah. We were walking through that trail. I'm going to tell you this. You're going to be mad at me for the rest of my life. But when we're walking through that trail, there's a little old lady with a walker, and she's walking through there. And we said, hello, ma'am. How are you today? And she said, just fine. She says, watch out for the snakes. <laughs> and I said, huh? And she goes, yeah, they'll just drop out of the trees on you and land on your shoulder. <laughs> like, poisonous? She goes, oh, I bet they are. <laughs> so, needless to say, my buddy and I <laughs> Well, don't tell my wife that because we walk through there every year. <laughs> every year. Well, I hope she's not listening. Certainly she won't be listening, will she? Anyway, my goodness, we could do this for another hour, but our, our hour has come to an end oh. all of a sudden. But we're going to do this again, I promise. And we'll have the proper headsets, and we'll have all the stuff that you're supposed to have, so we'll make it seem like a really, really cool thing. But, Michael, thank you so much for being on the show. Your thank new you book, is, oh, Your new book is Badass, uh-huh. uh, out on the shelves today, if you will. And make it, it is available. Make a great Christmas gift, right? And make a wonderful anytime gift. Yes, uh, anytime gift. Yeah, don't and it's a really it easy book to uh, inscribe. Right, ah, there from you go. Badass to another. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, Michael, and we'll see you, everybody see you. next week. Take care. 
We appreciate you listening to our show. And don't forget, when you're in southeastern Pennsylvania, come visit us in person. We're open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday is our late day, and we're here from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturdays, we're open from 9 a.m. to noon, and we're closed on Sundays. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com and follow us on social media. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.